today's episode of Rise, Grind, Repeat, we talk to Connor from Cox Media Group. We discuss how the landscape of TV advertising is changing. Let's dive right in. Connor, thank you so much for joining on another episode of Rise, Grind, Repeat. I'm uh, I'm pumped because uh, it's always fun to have uh, you know someone else in the industry, not so much on the agency side, but someone that we would work with from a media perspective and really run our our clients' ads through what you do. But before we get too much into TV advertising and all that, we we'll just love for you to introduce who you are to the audience, kind of what's your background. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. Um, so yeah, I'm Con. My name's Connor Splensky. I'm a media consultant at Cox Media, so I'm entering my third year with Cox Media. Um, so a little background on me: I grew up in New Jersey, so I'm not I'm not native to to the <laughs> Southwest. Um, first 18 years in New Jersey, and then I ended up going down to University of Georgia for college for four years. Um, so this was never this was never my path. Like I wanted to do journalism, sports journalism. So that's what I studied in college and. Um, covered like the football team, basketball team, a bunch of um, sports down there, and then got my degree in journalism. Um, and right after school, I ended up interning with MLB.com in Baltimore. So That's I was cool. like, yeah, That's no, it was, cool. yeah, it was really cool. Um, so I was covering the Orioles like a beat writer day to day. So when they were in the stadium, you know, I was there doing interviews, writing stories. When they were away, you know, the main beat writer covered it, but I still had certain responsibilities. And then Ended up getting involved with Cox Media Group. So Cox is a big company. Oh, yeah. They're headquartered out of Atlanta. And so I got involved with them in a journalism perspective in 2015, right after my internship. And we were covering uh, college sports. So Georgia football, SEC football, it's huge down there. And we had all these college football websites. And it was like kind of a startup environment okay. with, within Cox. And so I did the journalism side of things for like a year and a half. Wasn't necessarily loving it. Um, you know, the hours were crazy. I was young. All my friends were out having a good time and I'm working on Saturdays, Sundays, you know, yeah, just working (laughs) hard. Um, so I wanted something, you know, a little bit more stable, um, a little bit more better pay. So I ended up transitioning into like the sales side of things, Mm -hmm. um, in a support role. So kind of like was introduced to sales there. I was, um, essentially, you know, I was putting together media plans, putting together decks, uh, working in Photoshop for some design a little bit. It was really cool. And then um, loving it, loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they ended up shutting down the operation. And my girlfriend had moved out to Phoenix at the time. Uh, we were doing long distance for a little bit. And I ended up just checking out, you know, is Cox out here? Mm-hmm. Turns out this is a huge market <laughs> for him. Had no idea. Um, so I was able to transition out here to become a sales associate within Cox Media. So it was like an entry-level sales position, kind of learning the ropes of being a frontline seller. And um, since then, I've been promoted to a media consultant. So last year was my first year as a media consultant, and uh, now I'm in year two. So kind of a kind of a crazy path to get here, um, but it, no, it's been treating me well ever since. No, that's awesome. And uh, do you ever, especially I guess right now, ever regret uh, you know moving out here? Going, why did I move to a place that's 118? <laughs> can literally bake cookies in my car. Like, do you ever regret? No, that? yeah, it's it's so funny because like we were just in Atlanta last week, back on the East Coast visiting um, some family, and I came back and it's like 110 degrees. I'm like, it's not worth. It's not worth it. But then in January and February, when I'm out on the golf course and it's like 65 degrees, I'm just like, this is amazing. Like, why would I live anywhere else? Yep. So no, yeah. not not really. Like, it, you know, there's some ups and downs for sure. But I've been loving the Southwest. I've been loving Phoenix. Uh, it's totally different than anywhere else I've ever lived. Exactly. That's awesome. So, I mean, when it comes to media planning, lo- love working with, you know, someone like yourself where it's, 
hey, I have a client. Here's what we're trying to accomplish. This is, you know, who we're trying to reach. I mean, you know, most people when you or clients, when you talk to them about TV, it's it's uh, well, I'm just going to have one message going to reach everywhere there. How, do, how can I target? Mm-hmm. There's no capability. So I'd love to kind of learn and understand what is that process and what are some of the, I guess, the educational or aha things that I guess most people don't understand when it comes to TV advertising. Yeah, for sure. Well, the first thing is that like whenever I talk to TV about someone, they immediately like think Super Bowl ads. They're like, (laughs) I can't afford that. Those are like millions of dollars. And the reality is once, you know, you kind of sit down with somebody and um, just take it through them, like right their their expectations of TV are pretty enormous to begin with, (laughs) like in terms of price. And typically they're pretty surprised by, by how affordable it can be. Um, But it needs to be the right fit. Like I'm not going out just selling TV to everybody. Um, You know, maybe when I first started, I thought TV was, was great for everybody. Um, But the reality is that, you know, it's got to fit your, your KPIs and what you're trying to accomplish. So if you're trying to, you know, drive leads and you're trying to drive phone calls and you expect that to come from TV, <laughs> it, it could happen, right? Like it, it could happen, especially like with some longevity and, you know, being on for, for several months and people start to really, you know, resonate with your commercial. But the reality is like there's other tactics out there that are more effective for driving leads and more mm-hmm. effective for driving uh, conversions. So. Really, we just we try to sit down with them and say, listen, this first meeting, I'm happy to share anything you want to know about Cox, but I really want to make this all about you because like I'm not in a position to sell you anything right now because I don't know enough about your business. So let's sit down. I want to understand, you know, who you're trying to reach, what your goals are. Do people know who you are in the market? Do you need branding and awareness? Because mm-hmm. like TV is great for that, right? Getting you getting that recognition and um, you know, it kind of makes you seem bigger than you are too. Yep. So like if you're you know, a small mom and pop shop and you're on TV, you've got this allure of being way bigger than you actually are. And you're the only one that knows that, you know, um, other people, you know, think you're on TV, you're a big deal and, you know, (laughs) roll with it. Right. Um, so to, to, to answer your question, it's really just all about kind of understanding what the client's looking for expectations at Cox. You know, we have TV that's like always been our bread and butter, but, um, now we have a whole digital suite that is, I think is great. Um, and the combination of, you know, utilizing TV and digital is typically where we're seeing like a lot of that, the most success. I, I think you, you said it best. I mean, it's clearly understanding what are your goals? Because I, I think far too often people go, oh, that's a cool channel. Um, I want to go do it, whether it's Facebook when it first came out, Google search, I mean, TV. But it's what are you trying to accomplish? And it's it's tough to choose that channel if you don't know what you're looking to accomplish. If no one knows about you, you need more people to understand right. that brand and awareness great, great channel to be on. If it's, I need leads right now and, and my, my business is going to shut down in 30 days. If I don't, it might not be the best uh, channel for you. So that being said, I mean, what are some goals and, and would love to hear more about the brand awareness side. What are some goals that, that people would have to where TV does make sense? Yeah. You know, like driving, driving more people to your website is, is typically like we see, um, you know, if you're running TV campaigns, you know, we always like to keep an eye on your Google Analytics. Mm-hmm. There's typically a correlation where you're running on TV, you're getting a lot more eyeballs to your site. And then, you know, from there, you know, website, like that's where you add in a website retargeting where, you know, they get to your site and then you start following them around online and they're kind of like within this web. Um, but yeah, man, I, you know, I think it's, I think it's branding and awareness, you know, getting people to your website. I also just think, you know, just you're reaching a lot of people with your message. Like if you have, um, you know, a sale going on and you want a lot of people to know about it, like that's great. Um, anytime that you can 
put an offer in front of somebody, yeah. you know, like on TV, like a, fr- a free year of this or six months of this or any type of discount. Um, you know, I just think getting that message, you're, you're reaching a lot of people. Yeah. And it might not be, you know, like I live in an apartment. If you, if you're wanting to reach homeowners, like you're going to be reaching a mix of people. Um, but that's where I say, you know, all right, let's reach a lot of people on TV, but also let's add another layer and really target your audience on like an OTT or like a streaming platform where, yeah. you know, you're kind of hitting both of those buckets. Yeah. I literally loving the way this conversation is going. I mean, get into <laughs> omni-channel and OTT and, 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 and before we get there, I think again, you hit the nail on the head where it's, uh, understanding what to look for or what KPIs to look at to understand if something's working or not, where, I mean, if you go into Google analytics, it's not going to say TV, here's how many leads you got, but understand, okay, if someone sees a TV ad, they're probably going to hear the brand name. They're probably going to go to Google and search the brand name. So organic traffic should probably start going up and it's, it's finding the correlations between what are driving those sales. It's never going to be, they saw this and then uh, did this. I mean, there, there's some tools you can invest in or whatever, but you hit it on the head to where knowing what it is to look at. But I think more importantly, it's that omni-channel approach. And I think, again, more more advertisers or brands look to 100% Facebook or 100% Google where it's, no, you need both and TV and yeah. radio and this. Uh, so love to kind of hear what are some of the offerings that Cox offers to create kind of that integrated approach? Yeah. So, I mean, I like to think that we've got, we've got a little bit of something for everybody. I mean, you know, we have the TV, um, we have the OTT side of things. One thing that's like exclusive to Cox within that realm is advertising within the VOD platform, uh, which is video, video on demand platform. Mm -hmm. So it's really like appointment watching, right? People are going there and they're watching their content when they want to watch it. Um, we're the only ones that can offer that. So, you know, that's something that we really like to tout. Um, but from there, you know, we have the we have the PPC ads. We have um, Google first party display, which has um, been really effective in terms of, you know, when you mirror that with with Google, you know, you're in those top four search results. But then you start layering on display as well. Um, you're able to capture them outside of that Google atmosphere. Right. So yeah. now you're seeing it in Google. You're seeing them elsewhere online. Um, you know, with YouTube pre-roll um, native advertising. We, there's a lot that we so you, offer. You guys offer all that? Yeah. And so is it is it like a Cox platform that all the ads are served from? Or do you guys have a team in-house that, that all right, we hear what you want to do. Native ads will go to Tabula or a DSP and, and serve them there. Um, essentially, you can do it. But mm-hmm. does Cox have the native platform to serve the ads? Yeah. So, so we have both. Um, so, awesome. so, you know, we work we work with other vendors um, for some of the access. Mm-hmm. But we also have a, like a full digital team. Um, both in Phoenix and then as well supporting in, in Atlanta at the headquarters. Um, and they're the ones that are constantly keeping an eye on campaigns in terms of pacing, optimization. Are we, um, you know, reaching the right audience, kind of yeah. just digging into that data, keeping an eye on campaigns and making sure everything's running smoothly. You know, if they see something that is, you know, it looks a little wonky or something like that, you know, they reach out to me, we'll have a, a brainstorm, come up with a solution, discuss it with the client. We're just constantly working with the client to like, you know, keep them in the loop one. Like, I feel like that's, that's, <laughs> that's great, the hardest right? part, right? Like sometimes, you know, they'll work with somebody and you run it and you kind of just don't really have a gauge on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Maybe you see a, a monthly report or something like that. But, um, you know, Cox, we're really like, we try to just keep the client in the loop on, on everything. And that transparency 
And when you, you know, you couple the results with transparency, it's typically a, a pretty good experience. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing that people are so turned off by when it comes to digital marketing is the smoke and mirrors, the, you promised all this and I only got this right. and I didn't need, like, I don't even know if I got that. Cause what you're showing me is, is I don't even know what I'm looking at. And yeah. so the fact that you guys provide the, the in-house team, the analytics, all that, I think that's, that's, that's what it's about. I mean, that's basically what we're trying to replicate here. Um, and so that being said, I mean, you guys are almost like a digital marketing agency yeah. on top of being a publisher, right? Right. Essentially we're, we're like the marketing agency of Cox communications. Essentially. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, it's not like we have a team in Phoenix, we're in San Diego, Vegas, all of our markets have kind of this like full service agency. Um, we even like, we have a full service production team. That's, you know, Emmy award-winning team. Um, cool. They do awesome work. It's really like a, like one-stop shop. We kind of, mm -hmm. you know, want to be able to provide everything. And another reason is like, you know, a lot of people will work with different vendors. So they'll work with us on, you know, OTT, they'll work with somebody else on display. You know, it's, it's kind of like all segmented. Um, but when you're running all in one place, it just makes optimizations a lot easier oh, too. Yeah. So we have insight into, you know, everything that's going on with your campaign. Um, so it's easier to make those optimizations more effective. That's not always like, right. We can't always get the whole piece of the pie. Yeah. Um, but in a perfect world, I mean, you know, everything's set up in place to make that experience yeah. happen. Well, there's, there's a podcast I listen to where they talk about just agency trends and they pull brands and stuff like that. But that is one thing before the pandemic on average, most brands had six different agencies. And the goal is to try and reduce that because of the, well, now I got six different meetings with six different external right. people. They're all running differently. So they aren't communicating internally on, well, if someone sees the, this video over here, how is it showing up on Google? And mm -hmm. it's just, there's a lot of, I think, opportunity left on the table, a lot more efficiency that can be found by reducing, but it's tough to find an all-in-one vendor that that can really, really do it all. And I think that's the hardest thing. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been great. And, you know, if, like if I'm on vacation, they're, they've, they also have a relationship with like our digital team or my manager where, mm -hmm. you know, if they need to get a hold of somebody and I'm, I'm out of pocket, they've got two or three other people that they can turn to know what's what's going on yeah. with their campaigns right yeah no that's cool and one thing uh you know you brought up a couple of times the ott stuff and i think yeah. this is something that that's so new and i i i get super excited about it because i think it's a very efficient channel in terms of the cost to reach people and what can be communicated and the attention and all that type of stuff can you kind of go into what is the difference between traditional cable television versus uh, OTT versus even addressable? Yeah. Um, you know, because I know that you have the set top box and they're all different ecosystems. Yeah. Could you kind of dive into what are the differences between them? And I guess which one would be ideal to use for your use case? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, on the TV side of things, the way that I always describe it is, you know, you're reaching a lot of people. Like I said earlier, you know, it's going to be a mix. It's going to be a mix of people. Um, but we have a, like, we have a whole research team also that we rely on. That's a, you know, if you want to reach homeowners with a household income of a hundred thousand plus with one child in the household, you know, like just as yeah. a hypothetical, um, you know, I, I relay that, that information to our, uh, research team. And then they kind of lead the direction in terms of, of data of, okay, like we offer over 80 TV networks. So they'll give me a ranking and say, okay, here's, here's great. Um, you know, top 20 channels for, for yeah. reach to reach this audience. Here's top 20 channels for index, or I always just call them like hidden gems, right? Like yeah. there's a lot of people um, within that group that are watching, maybe not like an exorbitant amount, but it's a high concentration. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we kind of lead the charge there, but the reality is you're, you're reaching a mix of, of different people. Um, 
Now it is coming more, becoming more and more effective with the set top boxes that you mentioned. Yeah. Like we're really able to tap into like 600,000 set top boxes within the market now and see, get some like real, like hardcore data in terms yeah. of like, here's who's watching this channel. Here's when they're watching it time of day. Um, and some more insights into, in terms of just to make your, your TV campaign more effective. Now, when you go into the OTT realm, you're really serving your, uh, commercials to the audience you want to be from yeah so you can take a broad approach and just say adults 2554 within these zip codes or you know you can really hone in like you know solar has been like a niche of, of mine um so you know we're able to tap into what people are reading online what they're watching online you know what they're searching and kind of take all that information and say okay here's the bucket of solar antennas within these zip codes we're going to send this com this commercial solely to that group of individuals and really maximize your your ad budget. So I'm a big fan of OTT. Like I kind of think that's where things are heading. Mm -hmm. um, as a marketer, you know, I see I see value in both TV and OTT. OTT seems a little bit like a shinier tool to me at this point, where you can yeah. really like you know send your ads to exactly who you want to be in front of. Not only that, but I'm also to see able to see tangible evidence in terms of here's how long they're watching to 100% completion. Um, in some cases. Maybe not in like OTT, but if you go into like pre-roll or YouTube where um, they can click through, you know, you're able to track conversions that yeah. are coming from those, which um, you can't do through TV. So, um, you know, that's TV, that's OTT. When it comes to addressable, I think it's it's super cool as well, especially when somebody has like a CRM list or of mm -hmm. here, here's my audience space. I want to get a consistent message to them, you know. A lot of people use email blasts, but the reality is you can just, you know, <laughs> click, click the, the trash can and delete yep, it right away. Yeah. So addressable is really another opportunity for you to get into that household in a way where whether it's through video or display, th there's no, you know, a mailer, you toss it out an email, you're, <laughs> yep. you can delete it. But through addressable, it's really, you know, they're going to, they're going to be seeing it. They can't delete it. Um, so it's really like a surefire way to be reaching those individuals as well. Absolutely. And I mean, I haven't done too much traditional TV. I mean, it's my, most of my past is all digital and that's why the OTT excites me just from the targeting and reporting perspective. But where I'm going with this is I don't have too much history in looking at analytics between when OTT is running versus when only traditional or when both are. Do you have any insights into hey, what's a better channel or what are the use cases when someone should use OTT and when someone should use traditional? Honestly, like from my perspective, a lot of it comes from from budget. Like TVs okay. can can get pretty expensive. Yeah. Um, no doubt about it. Um, OTT is more affordable than TV. So if you want branding and awareness and you want um, to be reaching people through video, which is just another medium, right? It's like uh, you yeah. get 30 seconds to tell your story versus a display ad, which, you know, there's a little <laughs> box with some text. Yeah. Um, Google, you know, there's only so much text that you can put in there and then you're reaching people with their sight, their sound, their emotion, kind of reaching them in some different ways. Um, you know, video is, a, is effective. So if, if a budget lends to both TV and to OTT, I think the combination is, is fantastic. If your budget is a little bit limited, but you know, you want that branding awareness, you want a presence on video, then I'll, I'll lead more toward like OTT or, or pre-roll. Um, or like some online video in that yeah. capacity. Do you have any insights into the different uh, demographics of who's consuming? Because to me, it would be more maybe of an older demographic that would be on traditional, whereas maybe younger millennials or younger would be on OTT. So is there any differentiation maybe 
who I'm trying to reach that would then dictate which one you would use? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I think you're spot on. Like TV's definitely skewing older uh, than you know millennials. Not to say millennials aren't watching cable. You know, I think a big driver for TV is that at least like for me is live sports. Like I'm a big yeah. I'm a big sports guy. Um, now, the, you know, I don't know the whole streaming platform in terms of like who offers what live sports and whatnot. Yeah. But I'm kind of hes- hesitant just because like. I don't want any like buffering or like, you know, like a pause for like a couple seconds in the game and then it resumes action. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like really into sports and I kind of want that live action yeah. right there. So, um, you know, not to say that like a younger audience isn't, isn't watching TV, but yeah. I could, I would certainly say that, you know, I think within the OTT space, uh, you know, you're reaching a younger audience, but to that same note, like we can, if you are interested in reaching 50, 50 year olds through OTT, we can pull a veils and see how many are, yeah. are there to be hitting. Yeah. So like you, there, you can still absolutely hit an older audience. Um, it's, it's just probably if, if you were to ask me, what are they watching more? Probably TV. <laughs> and yeah. the younger audience is probably watching more OTT, but yeah. there's, there's definitely mix in yeah. between both. And that's where it goes into. I mean, like you said before, it might be highly indexed or you might not have a huge volume or a ton of people, that are older on OTT, but you have a small group. And so you can be more effective with your creative by speaking to them. Cause it's, it's a smaller group and you know exactly who you're talking to. Yeah. Maybe ahead of the game of compared to their friends, you know, that uh-huh. are stuck, stuck on traditional. So I think there's a lot that you can do from a creative perspective. I I'm a big fan of how can we dwindle this, uh, um, audience down to as much as possible so that we know exactly who they are and let's get very strategic on the creative. Cause I think that's what wins. I think gone are the days where going to make just some generic, commercial and it's going to speak to everyone oh, yeah. i mean you'll get noticed and you'll get reached but in terms of the business results it drives i think there i think it's more roi positive to get super segmented custom with the, the yeah. commercial and all that I, at the end of the day creative is what matters most yeah. it's like you know yeah. the message that you're putting in front of them like we could be reaching you know millions and millions of people but if your commercial sucks like <laughs> you know it's, <laughs> it's probably not going to be very effective yeah um so yeah i mean i think and that's something that i always discuss on the front end too is like creative because if, if you don't have creative or there's no creative direction, then there's really no point in us even, have, <laughs> even having a conversation. Yeah, because yeah. it's just going to lead to things not being successful and it's going to put a bad taste in your mouth and it's it's not going to do good for anyone. And and I mean, it's the planning. It, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing the lack of planning that there really is. I mean, there's a lot of companies that do well at it, but um, it's tough to put a successful plan together if there's no plan in place on how we're going to accomplish that. I mean, that's just, I think... Uh, you know, goal setting 101. No, a hundred percent. The creative is so important. And, and honestly, like a bad commercial just leads to everybody being unhappy. Like I sell you this campaign. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited about it. You're excited about it. But the commercial is, is a dud. And then two weeks in, you're telling me this isn't working. I'm telling you, listen, I told you this is going to take time. And it just leads to, you know, you keep hitting me up. You're unhappy. I become unhappy. And at the end, like, you know, you cancel. I'm pissed off. You're pissed <laughs> off. And like, it's not a good experience for anybody. Exactly. So, um, yeah, that's just like, it makes the, the intro conversations and like everything prior to that actual sale. So important. And it's like, you know, sometimes I'll, you know, be sending out emails, sending out packages and somebody's like, okay, let's do it. And I'm like, all right, like, I'm pumped that you want to do this, but like, let's just slow down for a second and make sure <laughs> that like, you understand the expectations. Yeah. I kind of tell you what to expect, you know, my experience before we actually go through with this, because, um, there's been times where I'm just like, Yes. I'm like, yeah. let's go. I made the sale. Yeah. And then it just falls flat on its yeah. face. And it's tough balancing those two. I mean, salespeople usually have, uh, you know, the amount of sales dictate the, 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 um, 
you know, amount of money that they make and stuff like that. So it's weighing that balance of, you know, want to get the sale, but also want success. And I think, you know, the, the better salespeople, which it sounds like you do, are very consultative. And what are your goals? Let's set these expectations. Let's delay this maybe sale being a week, a month out. Mm-hmm. But we know that we're going to have six months of fun rather than, sweet, I got the sale. And then six months of, this is not fun. Yeah, no, 100%. I yeah. mean, that's that's the worst is yeah. when it, it just does not go well. Like, yep. nobody's happy. And it's not something that, like, this is something that I'm still working on and still, like, you know, slowing down to speed up type of thing. Um, Cause sometimes it's like, you know, where you're at in your numbers, you're like, I need, I need this sale. Right. <laughs> um, and it's tough to be disciplined and to say, okay, I need this sale, but the sale could be gone tomorrow if I don't get yeah. the correct steps leading up to it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love what you said. Got to slow down to speed up. I think that's coming in sport. That's the hardest thing to wrap your head around where it's like, I mean, I, I grew up playing baseball where it's like, if you don't throw as hard, you're going to throw harder playing golf if you if you don't swing as hard you're gonna hit the ball farther yeah it's it's tough i mean whether it's sales sports whatever it is if you're feeling the crunch it's tough not to how can i go 150 percent and go full speed ahead when yeah. it's like eh, let's take a step back and really plan things out and be methodical about it and that's what's gonna allow you to accomplish those goals that, that you're seeking out to accomplish right well what is your what's your take on tv you know i know you have a digital background and you said you don't have too much experience with it like what are, what are your thoughts? I, I mean, I, from, I've never led it. I've worked with traditional agencies and based off the analytics, that's what we really look at is the organic and direct traffic. And it does well, TV does well. And I think, uh, really where it shines is that creative. Yeah. It's, uh, there are correlations. You're going to see a bump in traffic and organic traffic is typically the, the best type of traffic you can get. It converts the best. So it drives the right traffic, but the amount of traffic it drives really is dictated on is the commercial good? Right. Is it going to spark that curiosity, connect with them? It's going to get them to actually go search for your brand. And so I think it's an awesome channel. Um, but I think it all comes down to what is it that we're trying to say? Who are we, yeah. who are we trying to say? What are we saying to them? And what do we want them to do? And if all that is there, that's where you see success. And I've, I, what I've loved uh, working with some of this, these traditional agencies where we'll run the OTT and stuff like that is when they're both running. Um, and that's where you see tons of impact. Yeah. Um, is having both. Now, anytime that I have the opportunity to work with somebody that's open to, you know, a multi-product approach, um, those are the best campaigns. A hundred percent where you're on TV, you're on OTT, mm-hmm. you're in the, you know, online digital realm and it all works together. And it's tough. It's a tough message to convey, right? Cause a lot of the times people just think that I'm trying to take their money, right? Like I'm a sales guy, right? Yeah, like I'm, I'm yeah. cold calling them out of the blue. They already like don't want to talk to me. <laughs> I'm trying to give them a reason to to talk with me mm-hmm. and then trying to convince them that, you know, in order to have the most effective approach, you know, you're going to want to be in all these channels that comes with a bigger investment. Like yeah. it, it's it's a hard message to convey. Um, but when people trust the process and trust um, that we're the right people to work with and kind of trust our expertise that typically turns out pretty, pretty well for them. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I'm big on the omni channel on the, let's be everywhere. I mean, not to where we're stretching our budget so thin, yeah. but, and that's why I love OTT is, uh, you know, I've seen some vendors where what we can do is after they've seen the, the video or the commercial, we can then retarget them with banners or audio ads. And uh-huh. It's that, and I, I'm big on the storytelling. I'm not big on a certain channel or, or a certain metric or whatever. Well, the, the metric is ROI is, right. is what I love. But to me, it's, it's how are we introducing ourselves as a brand to get someone to actually notice and take, take, you know, get their attention from there. And I, and basically I think, 
people try and sell everything within the one piece of creative where it's how can we introduce the brand? Once we do that, how can we retarget them and say, hey, this is these are all things that we offer. Like we're a local digital agency. Now that you know that we offer this. Now that you know that here's a little bit about video. Here's a little and then through the data, you can kind of see where they're engaging yeah. and continue to tell that story where you get down to the actual services. They might not watch anything but the paid ads video. And now it's OK. Well, they're interested in that. How can now we then start serving banner ads that are geared towards, uh, you know, the paid media, showing some testimonials, our uh, case studies and stuff like that. And so I love the omni-channel approach and really not just, hey, let's be everywhere, but how can we tell that story that goes from awareness to revenue across the different channels and right. use data to, to do that? Yeah, the data is so important. So that's a like, I don't want to lead this, lead the, <laughs> the podcast, but I had a question because like, this is something we deal with as a lot is like, how long should you be running? to to see success and like something we're always like please run for like a minimum of three months because like this yeah. takes time and, and like you said we're learning from that data like you know mm -hmm. that first month is really like you're gathering data um you know thing, things are slowly improving but then you're kind of you know you look at the data you make some adjustments like what do you guys typically recommend in terms of like a timeline of um, a marketing campaign that's i mean that that three months is kind of that sweet spot and really i kind of preface with uh you know how long have you guys been running if it's something brand new we have nothing to work from. And so really this first month, half your spend might be completely wasted, but this first month we're going to learn that. And then the next month, maybe only 10% of your spend is wasted. We're going to learn that. And now we get to where we're seeing ROI. We're seeing, um, you know, sales coming in and all that after three months. Now we can actually have a data driven discussion around, are we seeing success? Are we not? Where do we want to grow from here? What are, what are things that we can do differently? And so trying stay away from six to 12 months right out the gate because then yeah. it's, I don't know, you kind of, I like to have that three months because then you can really have that, that growing relationship. I mean, even one month together, you guys are still learning how, what days do you guys communicate better? What times right. of the day and all that. So even from a partnership perspective, that's barely growing month one. And so to really see success, recommend no less than three months because we've been working together. We're communicating. Right. We've seen some numbers. We've made some pivots with the strategy now we have enough data to really say, is this viable or not? Yeah. Well, we should clip that <laughs> and show it to all of our clients. <laughs> I mean, what, what do you guys recommend or how do you guys handle it? Because that's the toughest thing. Yeah. You deal with the, well, you guys just want to lock me into a long-term contract, but it's mm -hmm. like, well, I, I hear that, but also Rome wasn't built in a day or a month. And so we're not going to sit here and triple your business in 30 yeah. days. No, a hundred percent. So we typically recommend at least three months, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we don't lock them in any contracts or anything though. So, um, you know, if they're not happy with things and yeah. they want to cancel, all we require is two weeks written notice and then we, we can shut everything down. Um, so I'll typically, you know, I'll say, let's book it for three months, six months. You guys have that out. Like if you're not happy, you have that out, but really it does, it, it takes time. And like, mm -hmm. like you said, month one, you're learning how to work with each other. You're, you're gathering information month two, you're making some changes, seeing how that works. Month three, you have a pretty good baseline in terms of, okay, like, here's what we're seeing. Yeah. Um, here's where we can go from there. Um, but yeah, but it's it's also tough because like, right, people don't like to spend money and waste money. So <laughs> exactly. Um, that's where it's like, you know, you have those lower t funnel tactics that you know are going to be successful. You know, are going to drive conversions, are going to drive calls, the paid searches of the world, you know, like mm -hmm. CPA campaigns. So, you know. I typically like to couple couple that in with, you know, more of like a high funnel video approach 
um, where you know they're getting that awareness, they're seeing that increase in traffic, but they're also seeing some conversions. You know, you know, month two is likely going to be better than month one. Month mm-hmm. three is going to be better than month yeah. two. So, um, you know, if you can start in a perfect world, you know, showing at least some conversions and like giving them some <laughs> yeah. sort of hope um, that that things are working and things are improving, that always helps. Um, the reality is, you know, some people understand it takes time. Some people yeah. want to see results from um, month one. And yeah. it just kind of just goes back into making sure expectations are in line ahead of time. Um, at first, I was scared to have those conversations. Like, <laughs> listen, this like might not be as good as you want it month one. Yeah. Uh, but now I'm just like, it's so important to set those proper expectations and make sure um, people understand what they're getting themselves into. And, and like, people are spending a lot of money. So like, it's important yeah. that, and, and I think about this all the time, that like, I really set the precedent for how things are going to go at the beginning and then follow through on it. Because like, if I'm telling them all this stuff, and then I'm just like aloof. I'm not being in contact or <laughs> yeah. like not keeping them in the loop. Then like they're going to be pissed off and yep. things aren't going to be going well. So, um, yeah, the more and more that I do this, the more I realize that initial conversation, just like how incredibly important it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you get you get tired of promising the world and getting the sale and then having three, four months of just this isn't happy to where it's like, you know, what? I'm tired of doing that. I'm going to yeah. set up expectations. And if it's not a good fit, it's not a good fit. But this is what we need. And if you like it, great. If not, yeah. great. That's that's not a problem. We're we're always here uh, whenever you are ready and stuff like that. And I think that that just discovery and and expectations is so crucial. And and uh, I mean, not so much the sale, but the long term relationship that gets set. Yeah. I mean, totally. Um, and I going back to the length of time. I mean, another another factor that I think people don't think about is the frequency. Yeah. Today's world. I mean, it used to be that you only needed to see a brand seven times before you make a, a decision, and that was right. like less than five, six years ago. And now it's, I mean, they're saying it's 16, 17 times. You want to reach a large audience of people, but you also want to hit them, you know, consistently. And so you're not going to get in front of people 10, 12, 13 times on month one. It's going to take time, nor do we want to, because we don't want to sit there and be showing your commercial, you know, the same audience every hour, and then they get tired of it. So there's a balance between the quantity of people we're reaching and how many times we continue to hit them. And in order to you know spread that out so you're not annoying them, it just takes time, and that's where the two three months comes in. Is yeah, we need to hit the you know enough people enough amount of times before this to actually happen, and it, not unfortunately, it just takes time. Yeah, uh, and really three months is not that that, no, that right. like time. that's the minimum. Like that is the minimum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean you get some people like man, it's so long, but it's like three months is not that that. I mean it's a quarter. It's, yeah, it's not that long to really. I mean this could be something that generates you yeah, an extra 30, 40% in revenue. And I mean, three months is not a long time to really test and figure that out. And so, yeah. And, and I also try to just kind of like relate it to their business. And, you know, like I mentioned that solar has become like a pretty nice niche of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, like solar, you're not turning on those panels and seeing a saving month one. That's, you know, you gotta, the, I don't know exactly how it works, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, I know that it collects essentially, essentially a credit from the sun and like, you're kind of just banking that that energy and then you know after a month or two three months you start seeing that savings yeah and i, I feel like anytime that you can equate it back to their business it kind of just resonates a little bit more 100 percent. it's yeah. like you know those, those questions that you know aren't fun to get from your potential clients every time where it's like it, you know it, you're not gonna it's not gonna pay it's, it's forty thousand dollar system off month one yeah it takes a little bit of time and all of a sudden the light bulb goes off it's like okay yeah i, I see where you make it relatable yeah and i think that's that's what people can appreciate very 
Very good tactic there. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. Credit to credit to my manager, Allison. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it sounds like you've been, you know, in the thick of it when it comes to this is my industry. This is who I'm trying to reach. This is my goal. And then you come back with not just TV, but here's all the ways that we can reach them. Here's here's what all this looks like. What's been the most exciting, I guess, media plan that you've put together? I mean, without giving any yeah. specific details, what's what was that that campaign? What were all the channels? What did it look like? No, for sure. I, I, I like it just comes back to like, you know, you have TV, you have OTT. You're hitting both people that are paying for cable, people that aren't. A lot of people are doing both, right? They pay for cable. They have the streaming device and then you can add in a paid search. So, you know, you run them on TV, they go to Google. All of a sudden you're showing up. You add in website retargeting mm -hmm. and, um, you know, first party display. And they're just in this web of like always seeing you, whether it's through video, whether it's on Google. You know, they go to ESPN.com to check out the scores from last night and all of a sudden they're seeing mm -hmm. they're seeing your ads. Um, that's probably the most exciting campaign is like having all of those different elements involved where. Yeah. And, and when you do it, you're able to show the success. And, yeah. and when you have, you know, that also leads to a bunch of metrics. You have your metrics from PPC and then you have, you know, the display metrics of here's how many people are clicking on your ads. You're tracking conversions on the site. All of a sudden you start seeing organic and paid traffic come up from Google. Um, yeah, it's it's just exciting <laughs> to see it work. Yeah. It, like really. It, it, it's a lot. It's a tremendous amount of work to get everything synced together, to get the creative run in the right spots. All of that is so hard to do. And then tying it all together. I mean, it's because even then it's you're talking about display and video. Well, you're not going to be looking at conversions or cost per conversion there. I mean, you're trying to introduce, I mean, CPMs, cost per click. Yeah. Or, is this the cheapest way to reach the most amount of people that are going to then lead to a buy? So it's like throughout the whole, the different channels and the the buyer's journey, there's, I mean, different metrics that you're looking at, different KPIs, and, and it's tough to put it all together. I mean, especially if you're not in marketing, like if you're a business yeah. owner or a business that, you know, you're trying to run your business. I mean, it's a lot to try and piece together. Yeah, you're just like, I'm doing like 50 different things. <laughs> like, can you explain this to me again? Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's when we really just like have these conversations, it's like you realize how much goes into it and like how difficult it can be to run a successful marketing campaign. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're uh, we're, we're trying to get more aggressive on how can we be more refined in our uh, project management tool to, to lay everything out so we're as bulletproof as possible. And as we're going through the discussions, it's like, holy cow, there are, in this one project, there are 82 different subtasks or tasks to yeah. just get this done. And even within each one of those, there's like checklists and all. It's don't realize how much we're doing in the digital marketing world because it's so fast paced, but it's, it is pretty eye opening when you start talking about SEO and the different channels and you got someone that looks at reporting, someone that does the creative. I mean, it, yeah. it takes a team to make a successful thing. And that's what's so cool is, you know, you're offering businesses a team um, to allow them to be successful. Right. No, I love having that support. And even like, you know, some meeting, there's like some big meetings where you're like, like I got to be really put together here. But like <laughs> yeah. just knowing that my manager can hop on the call with me and the digital team can hop on the mm -hmm. creative team. It's like all the tools are there for me to be successful, but also for more importantly, you know, the clients to be successful and feel like they've got everything handled with a strong team of experts. Yeah. Yeah. And I, one thing that we've talked about a lot is, is uh, the creative and really it's a variable to su success. And I, I agree because I think reaching people is such a commodity now with all the, the tools that we have at our disposal. Do you have any insights into what makes a good commercial? What makes a good piece of creative? Is it, is it the script? Is it the visuals? Is it the call to overlay? Is it everything? Do you have any insight into what 
might guide people is, you know, I want to do TV, but hearing that creative is, is the most important thing. How should I start thinking about this? Yeah. I just always set up a meeting with our creative team <laughs> and like kind of let, the let them, let them do their thing. Um, but from my experience, I mean, I always like something different. Like, you know, you see a lot of the same commercials out there of, you know, kind of here's what we're about, you know, that similar music, similar, um, you know, just like verbiage. Yeah. Maybe there's an offer at the end. I mean, anytime that you can entice somebody to take a sense of urgency of call now for X, like, I feel like that's effective. But also I like just like a quirky, like off the cuff kind of like, wow, that's different. Like I haven't really seen something like that on TV. Yeah. Um, so you have any examples? Cause I mean, I think one thing that we're getting a lot of is like, we want a dollar shave club type of commercial, which is just witty, humorous and all yeah. that. Is that, is that, does that seem to lead to a lot more attention? That's, that's kind of what I'm talking about is yeah. like something quirky, something funny, just like different. I also just think like a loud or like exciting to like background music or something that like, you know, maybe you're in the kitchen cooking dinner and all of a sudden you see this or you hear this sound and then like you look over and, and you know, the the sound got your attention from the yeah. from the from the open like from the intro scene. Um, I don't have any like concrete examples yeah. right now, but I think those are good. Those are great. Yeah. Concrete examples. Um, just anything like that. I mean, and that's my style. Like, I'm sure somebody else has a way different style. Right. Mm -hmm. But like I like just something something a little bit different that, yeah. you know, you're not seeing often that makes you stand out a little bit. Yeah, I think it comes down to who you're trying to reach because I'm sure what what you like, if you were to serve that to a you know 65 year old, they might not have the yeah, same appreciation right. and stuff like that. And so I think it always comes down to again, who you're trying to reach, what do you want to say to them, what do you want them to do. I think that kind of helps uh, dictate. But I always, especially I mean after starting this, I'm always looking. Wait, did that sound catch my attention? Was it the, uh -huh. the word that was said? And what what is capturing my attention? And how can we kind of fuel that into, you know, our clients and stuff like that. But always looking for tips on what's working no, and how can do better. Definitely. And I think, I think I like they're like creative from TV and creative in the OTT or pre-roll space is very, is like becoming very different because mm -hmm. right. You're serving it to exactly the audience you want to be in front of. So like you can probably speak to them a little bit differently than you yeah. would putting it on TV where you're like, I don't know if this will fly with this audience <laughs> or like if they'll even get the lingo. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's something like, when we're doing our creative approaches, first question is like, is this TV? Is this in the digital space? Cause um, we're starting to see like just different approaches with, with each. Absolutely. Um, I think one thing that's come up quite a bit as we've been discussing, you know, TV, just advertising, everything in general is really, you know, you have to have goals in order to know where you want to go. If you're even accomplishing them to really determine is all of this successful or not. That being said, I mean, what are you doing personally? And I guess you guys as an organization at Cox um, to really, what goals do you guys have set? What are you guys really trying to accomplish in the next six to 12 months? Um, yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, the TV side of things is, you know, that's, a, you know, we, right now we view it as like a TV bucket and a digital bucket, but it's very much becoming just one overall bucket. Yeah. It's more becoming what's best for the client. Like, yeah. you know, we understand we have our different budgets through, TV and digital, but like at the end of the day, it's not about us. It's what's, what's best for the client. So, um, I know some metrics that we're trying to push is just like increasing our digital. Um, you know, that's becoming ever more important and it's tough cause everybody, like a lot of people <laughs> are selling digital, right? There's a, there's a lot of people, a lot of like even like mom and pop shops and they, they do a great job. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, that's a competitive, competitive atmosphere, but also just increasing like the multi-product approach. Yeah. Um, those are two metrics we're really keeping an eye on. 
Um, just because like that's where we're seeing the most success is when people are buying both linear and digital in in whatever capacity. Um, so those those have been two big focuses, but also just like always trying to improve customer experience. Yeah. Um, you know, our mantra that we kind of live by is like serving our clients, supporting each other. And cool. it's really something that we take to heart. Every sales meeting we have dedicated four or five minutes to, to call out, you know, how, how, what are some examples of people living the mantra this week? That's cool. Um, so it's something, you know, we, you know, we don't just preach it. We really do yeah. like focus on it. And, um, that client experience is like, nobody wants to work with somebody that makes it difficult to work with. Like yeah. we, you're a business owner, you have enough on your plate. Like let us handle the marketing seamlessly. I'm sure there's going to be hiccups here and there. Like there always are, yeah. but we're going to work with you to, to fix those. And we don't want to be a bother, right? We like, we want to make your life easier and like show you successful results. We don't want to be something that, you know, you're, you're thinking about or you know, yeah. adding any more stress to your day. Like we yeah. really are improving to make the the client experience as seamless as possible. That's, and that's everything. I think that's gonna be the di biggest differentiator moving forward is just the experience. And I think more and more people want better experiences and how can we optimize it? It's more tailored to you and, and stuff like that. And, um, I think everyone's trying to, trying to figure that out, but those are, they're definitely some good goals to have. Um, and this has been great. And as we kind of wrap things up, I would love to love to kind of hear, I mean, our audience is, is, you know, small business owners, entrepreneurs, um, you know, for those out there that are, you know, thinking of towing the line of, of TV or even just an omni-channel approach, I mean, what's, what's the biggest piece of advice that you'd have for them? Yeah. Just, you know, know, like have some goals. And if you don't have goals, like work with your media consultant, like you or me to kind of figure out where, what should we be doing? Right. Yeah. We've been working in it in the industry for long enough where we have experience in terms of, you know, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't, how businesses handle their budgets um, you know, where we really just try to be helpful. And even if you like, you're just like, I want to know what's out there or like, <laughs> yeah. I really have no intention of spending any money right now, but like, I just kind of want to get a lay, lay of the land and wh what's out there, what's working. Like we are more than helpful to have a conversation with you, you know, help out. Um, I can't tell you how many meetings I have that don't lead to sales, but it's like, I don't, I'm, I, my, my goal is, you know, to help out these businesses yeah. in, in whatever capacity. So whether there's a sale coming out of it or not, you know, if I can walk away and kind of, they didn't know about geofencing and that you could, <laughs> you know, target these individual locations and track whether they come into your store or not. Like if you can walk away knowing that's a, a possibility and kind of knowing what it takes to make happen, then like, so that's, that's great. Yeah. Um, so I think just, you know, knowing those goals, um, you know, making sure that your media consultant is not just, they're hearing you, right? Like yeah. they're hearing you and they're listening to you and they're not just going out saying, you know, they, regardless of what you say, they have their package in mind and they're ready yeah. to put it in front of yeah. you. Like really um, working with somebody that is working to understand your goals and expectations. If they're not asking about your expectations ahead of time, then like, I don't think their heart or is in the right place to be making that sale. Absolutely. I, th I think, uh, I think you said it best. And, uh, I think the biggest thing is really that education side. Cause when it comes to digital, most people don't know, I don't know what budget I have. I don't know what it is. And just getting some of that preliminary, what does it cost to reach someone? Are there minimums? I think that that's huge. And, uh, it's awesome that you're doing it. It might not all of them lead to a sale today, but because you gave them the information when they're ready, they're going to come back and it'll lead to a sale. Just that sale hasn't caught up in terms of time. And so, um, no, I love what you're doing. And, and, if there's anyone that's out there that wants to, you know, ask those questions, kind of get that preliminary 
what are some expectations? What kind of budget should I be looking at and all that? I mean, how can they reach out to you to ask some of those questions? Yeah. So, um, you could go to coxmedia.com or, <laughs> or, um, yeah, my email is Connor at C O N N O R dot Smolensky, which is S M O L E N S K Y at coxmedia.com. Uh, feel free to shoot me an email and yeah, I'll answer whatever questions, you know, we can set up some time to chat, um, over video phone. We can meet up. Um, cool. Regardless. Yeah, Isn't that yeah. nice to be able to say now? Yeah. Right. <laughs> it can so, actually meet uh, up. Yeah. I haven't said that too much lately, <laughs> but yeah, no, um, I'm more than happy to help in any capacity and would love to talk with you. Connor, I, this has been great. I appreciate your time. Love what you're doing. And I love how you, uh, you know, your approach and really taking the consultative approach and understanding goals and, and putting something in, in front of them that here's how you can accomplish them. So I'm excited to see your growth and what you continue to do and what you guys do, are doing over at Cox. I think you guys have something great going on. I think that's what brands are looking for. A one-stop shop that can produce the creative, get it out there, track and everything. So you guys are setting yourself up well. So appreciate the time. No, I appreciate you having me on, giving us a platform to chop it up a little bit. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Thanks, man.